the way he's pitching it is like, these things are critical for Ethereum's success. You need to be thinking about and implementing all three of them. I thought it was a, a really interesting take on, you know, where things should be going. Hello, and welcome to the 75th episode of The Floorcast, the NFT podcast. I am joined by a very special guest this week and CK. Uh, well, CK, you're always a special guest, so it's <laughs> you know, great to have you here. But you might have heard him laughing in the background. We are joined by the one and only Pocky from the Floor community. How are you doing, Pocky? I'm uh, I'm doing great. I feel a little bit uh, swaffer donked going into this. Like I was finessed a little bit, but I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. What do you mean? How are you finessed? Uh, well, for those, uh, I guess who, well, I guess nobody would know other than us two. But uh, Corwin FaceTime me like ten minutes ago. It's like, hey, we need you for a doodles take real quick. Pop in, and then he was like, hey, here's all the topics we're doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but. I'm doing good. I'm stoked to be here. I was wondering when the invite would come in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it was last minute because CK and I were sitting here about to record and we're like, you know what? You should bring Pocky on. CK, how are you doing today? I, I'm good. It's a weird week. We're recording at a different time. It's like, I don't know if this is like breaking the fourth wall, but it's like 7 p.m. here. So can be a bit more relaxed, can have a cocktail. It's good. Um, And 75 episodes. Wow. Um, You know, it, if we were married, we'd be giving each other diamonds right now or giving some <laughs> ni nice gift. I'm really excited to see what Pet has for us next week to celebrate. Aren't you, Cohen? Yeah, I can't wait. I, I thought we all are married as co-hosts, but I guess not. I guess Cohen and you are not. Um, the weather has been crazy today. It's actually coming down again now. It was like stormy and then it was super sunny and now there's rain coming again. I don't know what's going on anymore. Weather's being really interesting. Did we talk about the apocalypse? No, what's the apocalypse? So New York last week, the weather was terrible. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, like orange skies full of ash from those uh, Canadians. Um, I really hope the devs can do something about it because uh, I don't like going outside when it's like that. Yeah, I think there was a patch um, and the weather's back to normal. And no more red skies. CK said apocalypse. I was about to say, hang on, he's got some real alpha. Like, what <laughs> what, what does he know that we don't? He, oh. he knows a lot. <laughs> so, so let's jump into our first topic here, which is Snoop Dogg dropping NFTs. Um, rapper and entertainer Snoop Dogg is dropping NFTs called the Snoop Dogg Passport on Arbitrum, which is an L2. It's really interesting. They're about $43 to buy one at the current price of it. Actually, it might be lower than that now because I think ETH is like at 1600 today and this article might have been posted a day or two ago. It's not a cap supply. You could purchase up to 100 at a time. And apparently this has access to like exclusive content and opportunities tied to like his his upcoming concert tour. Remember, I think CK, we saw this with a band a while back called like Avenged Sevenfold where you could get like the Ticketmaster early. I don't think this is the same because it seems like this is unlimited supply. You can't have unlimited people backstage or unlimited people buying tickets. Sounds more like a an ex virtual experience thing, maybe. I don't know. There's a British DJ called Fatboy Slim who tried the unlimited supply thing about 10 years ago and got sort of half of Southeast England to turn up at a beach for a summer DJ set. That, that got a bit out of hand. Uh, you know, maybe Snoop is trying the same thing. He's just going to learn his lesson the hard way. 
this is interesting. I'm curious to learn more about it, like what the utility is. It's very vague. If you go to the website, it's like you're a VIP, you get some content. I don't even see anything um, talking about tickets. Like, am I just going to get some videos of Snoop Dogg? Yeah, it sounds like it might just be like an exclusive music video or a recording of Snoop Dogg backstage. Like, it doesn't sound anything too crazy with the unlimitedness of it, but maybe, maybe you could burn them. Maybe if you have, if you're the top holder, you get VIP access. Who knows? I was just going to say the art looks interesting. The website does that weird thing where it like takes over your scrolling and looks like they have a good Fiat on ramp with Crossmint um, here. So at least it looks like there's a decent enough outfit uh, behind this in terms of building. Yeah. Pocky, what's your take on this? For me, I think that like this is one area where uh, NFTs can really excel. And like, as you guys, as you mentioned earlier, Corn, you guys had talked about Avenged Sevenfold doing something similar to this. And like, I don't know, I just feel like this is a really good area to where like artists can create some sort of like deeper connection between the art, the fans and them, whether it's like through like exclusive music videos or whatever it is, even if it's not a ton. For those people who are those diehard fans, like I'm sure it's worth like the 40 bucks for them. You know what I mean? So for me, it's super cool. I think it's great seeing artists take more and more advantage of NFTs and um, the space like that. However, like interesting, it's on Arbitrum. Like I don't even know how to get to Arbitrum. It seems like it might be a hassle to get over there, but I'm I'm sure there's a way to buy a credit card or something. Definitely, definitely interesting though. Yeah, it seems like you can pay by credit card, so um should be easy enough um, if you're new to the chain. And I think, you know, if you're going to be using L2s, that's, um, I think, something which is really important because, you know, a lot of them, it's just not clear, it's complicated, it's not allowed um, in certain jurisdictions to buy the token that you need to buy the thing with. So you should be thinking about this. The fan experience stuff is really interesting. Um, you know, it's Snoop Dogg, we're all going to laugh at him, but, you know, I think he does have his finger on the pulse in terms of the NFT market. And it's just interesting to see what artists specifically are doing um, to cater for their fans in Web3. I would recommend, just as sort of a tangent, um, checking out a company called Medallion. They're working with sort of artists and... Um, building sort of fan sites and fan experiences. Like th their whole thing is like the place you should go to sort of find out about the artists is their website, not Twitter, not blogs, not magazines, mm -hmm. but, you know, they should have a website and they've been building a Web3 platform around it. Um, there's a great sort of interview with their founder on um, One Big Idea, which is Austin Hurwitz's podcast a few weeks ago. You can pay me later, Austin. Um, advertising rates are very good. That's a great segue because um, our next topic is Doodles. Austin is their head of, I want to say BD over at Doodles. Uh, he does work at Doodles. But going back to Medallion, yeah, they're great. I went to one of their events in Brooklyn a couple months ago. They had a bunch of like NFT artists there and stuff. It was really awesome. But going in the Doodles segue, which is uh, having Pocky here, which is great. Doodles just dropped a, what's the word, CK? Fidgetal? Fidgetal. Uh, <laughs> they had a Doodles X Pharrell collab where they had like these boxes from Pharrell. And I guess with each box came like a physical piece, maybe not each box, but it could have been random. 
And it is like, you could trade them still because it's going to be a redeem period, but they're like these exclusive Adidas shoes, uh, which actually look pretty cool. Um, I think they're the Sambas, which, uh, but they're like different colorways that haven't been released yet. Pocky, curious if you had a Doodle Pharrell box and what are your thoughts on this? Since you're super in the Doodles ecosystem. Yeah, I actually uh, wasn't able to get one of the Pharrell packs, unfortunately. But I actually, I'm pretty sure that every one of them has a physical redeemable. But it's just the the uh, the green colorway is the friends and family edition. So it's like super limited. Like I believe there's only 10 mm. of those in the Pharrell packs. Overall, it's super, super cool. I'm uh, I'm really excited. I think that this falls in line really well with what they're trying to do with uh, Camp, which was a partnership that they uh, announced recently, which is going to be like for their like, uh, upcoming, I think, like semi-permanent activation. And uh, I'll be very curious to see if we see something uh, more along like these lines where like you are able to go into like almost like a doodles like clothing store and be able to buy those clothes and get those wearables and a beta pass for your doodles too along with it. Because they've uh, hinted at like doodles shopping and stuff like that on the timeline. So uh, Mm -hmm. seeing something like that would be super, super cool. But overall, it's uh, I think it's a W. Actually, this is a great time to show off. I got my pudgy penguins in the oh, mail. Oh, mine came in today too, dude. <laughs> They're fire. Uh, love these physical, uh, <laughs> these physicals. Um, mind you, I didn't get it for free like these doodle holders got for free, but I did get a $20 pudgy penguin, a uh, little like Funko thing off Amazon. I haven't opened it up for the QR code yet or anything like that. I think I'm going to put it on my desk at work. Cohen, let's do an unboxing video. Even though we're not a video podcast, hold it up to the microphone, rub the cardboard against it. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Look at this. Okay. Forever friend adoption certificate. Oh my God. It's like it's a build a bear. And there's a QR code here. I'm not going to show on the screen because CK will scan it. <laughs> exactly. He already had his phone ready. I knew it. You are now a proud owner of a very special pudgy penguin who will stay by your side through thick and thin. Thank you for adopting this penguin as your forever friend. By signing this certificate, you promise to give it a lifetime of love, friendship, and fun. All right, let me go get a pen. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. They, there's one with like a, a cowboy hat, too. I'm going to have to get that one. I love that. This is going Wait, on my desk did you door. choose that one, or was it like a random drawing type thing? I got to choose it. So, super cool. I liked his clout glasses. That's why I chose him. And, like, relaxing, like, fit. You know, he's, like, on the beach. You know, he's... He's in Mexico drinking a Mai Tai. You know, he's having fun. Yeah, he would look out of place on a cruise ship. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so Pocky just sent me (laughs) a picture of his entire haul. He bought the entire store, the entire Pudgy Penguin store. Um, Let me show on the screen so you can see CK. (laughs) You got to support the penguins, man. You know what I mean? Wait, they look like... 10 times the size in that photo. It's like it's like he has three giant penguins in his living room. What's going on? <laughs> I got the um the the big size plushie and then one of the, like the vinyl figurines like Corwin got and then I got like the medium sized one. So I uh spread it out a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So um yeah, uh CK, what do you think of digitals uh, <laughs> and all these more and more brands, like especially Adidas coming out and partnering with, I mean, not that Adidas, I don't think Adidas specifically partnered with them, but it's probably like a through a Pharrell thing because he works with Adidas. And the thing is, it's all on flow, right? So it definitely makes it even more interesting to see what's being done. 
Yeah, I mean, most of the Fidgetals, they're, they're good with their Fiat on-ramps. They need to be, I think, you know, for things like Pudgy, the Penguin, you know, I think it makes sense. You're trying to sort of bring someone into an ecosystem and you have other value once you're in there. And obviously owning the Penguin is your sort of essentially your key to that. For other things like clothing, like the brand that does the jumpers with the QR code type thing, those, you know, I don't necessarily sort of see the point the of. The QR code ones. It's a QR, no, it's, you tap your phone on it and it sort of NFC chips it oh, okay. or whatever. Oh, you're, talk- oh I know. you're talking about the that one artist, Verte or whatever, right? I, there's, I thought you were referring to the artifact ones where like it puts wings on them. No, I haven't seen those. Um, oh, okay. Um, maybe I have, but I've forgotten about it. But um, they're like AR type stuff. Oh, yeah. interesting. That's cool. Not the NFC ones, yeah. For the jumpers and like the clothing, like, is there value in having that digital thing? Like, especially yeah. from a brand that is sort of relatively unknown. I feel I'm just not sure it works. Like, I can maybe sort of see Adidas and some of the bigger brands sort of using them as more of an authenticity sort of verifier. You know, it's not fake if it's got the NFT in it. But, you know, unless you're sort of unlocking something, unless you have sort of real utility, and I hate myself for using that phrasing because it's annoying. Um, (laughs) You know, I think unless you're doing that, then don't just be visual for the sake of it. Like, make it a novel, interesting experience because, you know, this is going to be the person's first jump into Web3, whether they know it or not. Um, unless you're like Corwin and you just buy everything um, for your NFT projects. Um, you know, no. it's bringing new people into the space and you need to be thinking about the onboarding experience, not just the physical, but then when they scan the QR code or the NFC chip, what happens after that? And like there's brands doing it well, but then there's others that just don't seem to be putting much effort into it. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, what's the latest with Floor CK? We've got lots of interesting things coming. I know I said that last week. Um, for some reason, I'm the floor news guy right now. I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we'll be seeing the first sort of rollout of functionality tied to usernames um, in the next few days. Um, okay. was playing with it this afternoon. It's looking really slick. Um, and we're hoping that it provides folks a great home in Web3 where they can show off their NFTs, they can maybe sort of have other achievements and stuff surfaced on there. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, what am I missing, Colin? There's a lot of cool things coming. You're working on a lot of cool things. Uh, I've been able to preview um, one today that I was playing around with, which I think is really, really cool. I had a lot of fun with. A lot of cool things are coming. Um, I know, I know, we've, I feel like we say that every week and we can't really say what exactly is coming, but there's stuff coming. Which is I'm good. confused what uh, you're talking about, Cohen. Like I was in meetings all day. My productivity <laughs> output was like <laughs> negative. Every time I looked, you were in the meet one of the meeting rooms. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know how you got sucked into all the meetings, but you know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. So I think was it late last week, or I think it might have been late last week or over the weekend. Vitalik, the CEO of ETH, or the founder of ETH, uh, creator, don't know exactly his title, but he published a blog article about three transitions. I think it was ETH needs to change. He talks about L2's wallet security and privacy. CK, um, I saw you post this over the weekend. Do you, do you want to deep dive into it? Yeah, so I thought it was a really interesting piece and just highlights how 
on the technology side, the ecosystem is evolving. You know, Vitalik talks about sort of multiple um, sort of challenges facing the ecosystem today, whether that is just gas um, really sort of makes it very impractical to do sort of large scale um, applications on the blockchain. You have L2s and like linking those to your identity and dealing with the number of addresses is challenging. And you, you have sort of privacy concerns where, you know, it's very easy to sort of follow someone's tracks across the chain and sort of see um, all of the different wallets that they may or may not own and link them to a public identity. Um, it's like, how do you address that? So he has sort of a number of like architectural proposals, but essentially, you know, the way he sees the future and the way he sees technology transitioning over the next year to sort of three years is, you know, first of all, more use of sort of L2s and ZK rollups. In fact, I think in his world, like most of the activity wouldn't be happening on mainnet. They'd be happening on an L2 where you have sort of higher transaction value, higher transaction throughput. You have lower gas. You have potentially some other functionality that's of use case specific. That is the big way that he thinks that Ethereum is going to scale. And that's by essentially sort of building on top of it with these L2s. He's talking about wallet security um, and specifically a lot of the work that's been happening that we've talked about on this show around account abstraction and smart contract-based wallets that allow for things like social recovery, that allow for things like more fine-grained security. Hmm. You know, I, I think that one is definitely sort of spot on and like our MetaMask wallets that we treasure and adore now are going to be abandoned as soon as uh, the first sort of account abstraction solutions that are sort of battle-tested start rolling out. And then he also talks about privacy and thinking about sort of how you can preserve privacy between addresses when you're transferring funds, as well as sort of, you know, how layering on all of these social recovery and identity-based mechanisms could potentially sort of feed into that. And like, do you sort of adopt stealth addresses? You know, how do you stay private on the chain? And I think like the way he's pitching it is like these things are critical for Ethereum's success. You need to be thinking about and implementing all three of them. But yeah, I thought it was like a really interesting um, just take on, you know, where things should be going. Is this like his vision for the future of ETH that he wants to work towards? Or is this like he's telling like what like what L2 should start doing, et cetera, et cetera? No, I, I think so. I mean, the way I would sort of sort of read it is like this is his like WWDC for Ethereum. He's like mm. rolling out sort of the broad product strategy and um, roadmap for like the future. You know, I'm pretty sure he's already working on a lot of these. Um, I think he wants to sort of drive that even further. But yeah. Paki, did you have any thoughts on this? Did you have a chance to read this, by the way, earlier or like see it last week? No, no, I, I didn't have a chance to see. I'm just more so amazed by that insane clap you guys just performed at the same time. Um, but no, I didn't have a chance to see this, unfortunately. <laughs> Our clap, which is let's get back to recording and cut the previous 10 second clap. Love that clap. Yeah, we can't tell them about the clap. Uh, yeah, no one knows about the clap. <laughs> well, we're, we're like the men in black here. <laughs> you erase everyone's memory. Um, on to our last topic. Uh, last week, CK, we talked about the SEC sending out letters to Binance and Coinbase 
And we kind of didn't think too much of it, but actually, like, since the last recording, I think Robinhood came out and said that they're going to be delisting some of those tokens that were mentioned in the SEC complaint. Gary, is it Gensler? Um, a bunch of videos are coming out of him saying that that some random things aren't securities or something because he used to be, be like a crypto professor at MIT. There's like a lot of interesting things coming out about this story. Have you seen any of these on Twitter, CK, or anywhere? Yes. Yeah, so what was it? Last Thursday or Friday, we had Robinhood no longer trading, Solana, Polygon, and there's another sort of um, big name one. And then so a few hours later, it's like Crypto.com, I think, said they were also pulling out of the US. Interesting times. You know, I think everyone is sort of just holding their breath. They can maybe see the way some things are going with the Binance um, and Coinbase lawsuits. And they're really just trying to decrease their risk. They don't want to be thrown in with the category of companies that may be doing something um, unethical and sort of not allowed. You know, I think... From my perspective, you know, one thing that sort of got me to think is just how long can this go on without having material impacts on the affected ecosystem? So Polygon, Solana, but also just um, the industry as a whole. You know, if you're afraid to do business in the United States, it's a good case for maybe not doing business or sort of pivoting onto something else. And, you know, when it comes to Solana, when it comes to Polygon, it's already, you know, there's a lot of friction when it comes to transacting on those chains. You know, you need to buy soul, buy Matic. That's not always obvious or sort of easy. And now some of the major exchanges are looking like they're going to be delisting those tokens. If you're launching an experience or building something on those chains that requires users to be onboarded, to have wallets, to have Matic, I'd start to worry a bit in terms of, you know, is the sort of um, user base, the potential audience sort of closing as more of these things come down? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting seeing the delistings happening. And I don't know if this is a rumor, uh, so take this a grain of salt, but like Binance lawyers came out and they were like, the SEC chair applied to be on our board. Like lots of interesting things happening. And I saw like Soul and Matic are down like 30% on the week after that happened. So there is a lot of like uncertainty going on in the market more than usual. There's already tons of uncertainty in like crypto, but now it's, or in the markets in general, now it's like a lot more going on. It's interesting because like Coinbase 2 was, you know, they were allowed to IPO at the SEC looking over their stuff. I don't know where it's going to go to. Um, Pocky, do you have any thoughts on this? Have you been following this at all? A little bit. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I'm just like confused more so than anything because I've seen stuff on the timeline as well as you where like Gary Jessler, I'm not even sure how to say his last name. He like <laughs> applied to be on like the Binance's board as well, like in 2019, something like that. And then uh, Coinbase going public as well. It's just I'm I'm kind of confused on where the like it just seems like every time we come close to like finding some sort of like concrete answer, everything gets shifted again. And so it's just kind of like walking around with like on ice, I guess. It's, it's what it seems to me because there's just been no like help or assistance at all. It's more so just been like, all right, today we're going to decide that like this is okay, this is okay, and then this is not. Just as like a rough overview from what I've seen. But uh, it's confusion more so than anything coming from me. Yeah, I did see, was it yesterday, um, the SEC requested more time 
um, to respond to the Coinbase lawsuit. So maybe someone in there is sort of thinking, okay, let's slow things down a bit. Let's think about our response. Um, and, you know, maybe um, let's sort of think about some of our policies. That would be, I think, certainly good to see. Um, but yeah, it's very turbulent right now. Alrighty. Well, that was our last story. Thank you so much for listening to the 75th episode of Forecast. Hopefully we get like watches or like mugs or something from Pet next week um, since, you know, we hit a big milestone. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Wait, watches or mugs? Like I I don't know. Like you, if you look at big companies like Apple or something, like, you know, you're there for 75 years, they give you like a watch or something, right? (laughs) Wait, wait, Gorman, can you find me one Apple employee who's been there for 75 years? Of course, I will will get to that. Um, You can find CK at... At CK Honan on Twitter. And you can find Pocky at... At ZK Pocky. And you can find us at The Floorcast on Twitter. Is it The Floorcast? I hope it's The Floorcast. Oh, yes, The Floorcast on Twitter. And you can also find me at 0xCorin. It was a pleasure, as always, being your host... And yeah, everything we said on this podcast is not financial advice, just great advice. It's not even great advice. Don't even. <laughs> it's just... Worst episode ever. Do you actually think so? I, I mean, I, I'm curious I how so. the, the listeners, if there's any left at this point, will react to the tonal shift. But really? Is that bad? No, I think every episode is a unique sort of uh, vintage of wine that. <laughs> Can uh, needs to be appreciated amongst uh, the entire <laughs> wine cellar. Alrighty, everyone. Hope everyone has a great week. <laughs>